just river kids Picking up stones like David did Watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge We went to church in a Detroit car Our daddies drank draft at the local bar With an aching back just like old granddad did And we like cold cake beer Fixing up trucks Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Bust our banks barely getting by Carolina to California up to Illinois Yeah, there's guys like us Blue-collar boys Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Marcus Show Bro, I am your host, as I am every single time, Marcus himself. And as always, I am brought to you by my partner in crime, my number two. He is the Connor Stallions to my Jim Harbaugh. Ryan, let's just jump into it. Michigan is your 2023-2024 national champions. I'm going to take a step back. Go. Great. That was great. Just absolutely great. Insight on the Michigan Wolverines winning the national championship. Right, we you knew we had to get it out of the way. Instead of waiting, on Every, it, I told you what I was. That was exactly what was going to happen. Ever it, it and it wasn't even it wasn't close. I mean, it was close, but like Washington had some chances, like in the second and third quarter, but they just couldn't. They couldn't get it over the top. So I watched. This is not hyper hyperbolic hyperbole. Um, there are only a few teams I watch every game to each year. It's usually always consistently Notre Dame. I watch every Notre Dame game, and I watch every Buckeye game. Just with being in Ohio, like, I'm going to see every Buckeye game. Right. This was a weird year where I also watched, like, every single Michigan game as well. Um, I think because there was a lot of, obviously, intrigue around Michigan, they started the year without Jim but they weren't really playing anybody, so it was kind of like, how do they look there? It was the right recipe. They had a 44 seniors, a pretty weak schedule. Um, I mean, and they had a good team, too. Um, a lot of controversy the whole season. Harbaugh starts the year suspended, gets another suspension, which was a slap on – it wasn't even mm-hmm. a real punishment. Yeah. But, um, and, and- yeah, they, they won it all. So where where I want to get at was this, and the reason that I say it was close, but it wasn't really close by Michigan standards in the national championship was, and I know that we're like way behind because we didn't get a chance to record last yeah. week just because timing and schedules didn't match up. Um, so we're gonna cover like some older news, and we're gonna get into like some more recent stuff, especially with the NFL and some of the coaching carousel stuff here in a bit. But we would be, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the fact that Michigan has won the national championship this year. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you may not believe me, but at the end of this part of this, I'm going to tie a bow on it and you'll feel okay. It'll be better for you. All righty. Okay. So you're right. It was the perfect just mix. Like Michigan had, like you said, what, 40, 40 to 50 seniors. Of, it's seniors the COVID seniors. effect. Yeah. I'm yeah. 20 out of their 22 starters, like 11 on offense, 11 on defense. 16 of them were either four for fifth or six year guys. Yes. Which is like 
unreal. So, and you had a lot of those guys, well, most of them have played in the playoffs three years in a row. They've been in these big games. They're no longer like a deer in the headlights, you know. Yes. I think finally getting over the top and beating Ohio State kind of, I think, helped them give them a little more confidence and more like we belong here sort well, of thing. It was one of those things where they, it was the perfect story arc almost for the program of like three years ago, they finally get over that Ohio State hump. They win the Big Ten. They make it to the playoff and get smoked by Georgia. And then the next year, again, they get the Ohio State win. They win the Big Ten. They make the playoff. They're playing a TCU team they should beat. And then they lose that game close. And Another it, high-scoring, exciting game. Yes. And then they come into this year, and it's like they've had the heart. Like, they know how to get over the hump. They know how to win the Big Ten. But can they do it in the playoff against other teams that are top tier? And it was, the, again, a perfect mixture of they do what they need to again. They get into the playoff. They play big, bad Alabama. That albeit not a great Alabama team, not the best Alabama team. They're not your 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 father's Alabama. Yes, a very flawed Alabama team. Mm-hmm. Um, nevertheless, it's there. It still is a lot to beat Alabama. I mean, Alabama beat Georgia, yeah. and Georgia went out and just dog walked Florida State. And I I hate the argument. I know that we're getting off on. I'm already getting off on a tangent right now. I absolutely hate the argument of well, Florida State had 30 guys out. You know who else had 30 guys out? Georgia. Georgia. And Georgia went out and just throat punched them. So don't give me that. Like, you can't just sit there and say they're on the same. Florida State's on the same league. Florida State's with them. When Georgia also played, it's like the majority of its backups because all those guys are going to the NFL or transferring. And they just waxed them. So get that out of my face. I don't want to hear that anymore. You can't tell us that, oh, these wins mean nothing. And then when you lose, it's like. Yeah. You know, it, it just it means more or when you lose it's oh whatever it's a bolt you can't have it both ways no no like i'm i'm sorry like anybody out there that's a florida state fan that like their team like you know didn't make the playoffs is it wrong probably to a lot of people it is but i watched the playoffs and the playoffs were great like yeah. both semifinal games were awesome and the national championship for the most part was awesome and i want to get back to it here in a second but get that like you can't go out and lose by 60 and still claim you should have been in. I don't care who's in or who's not. I don't I don't care about the 30 guys out for Florida State. You had 20-something guys out for Georgia. Georgia's playing with their backups as well, and they dominated you. You don't belong in that same category. You would have gotten dominated by Michigan. You would have gotten oh, dominated by Alabama, dominated by by either of the other two in, in, in Texas and Washington. I know I'm getting fired up about this, but it's because I haven't had a microphone in front of my face for two weeks to be able to get off my chest. They probably would have been dominated by Ole Miss, Missouri, yes, Penn State, yeah, Ohio State. Keep it going. But anyway, just it's or- Oregon. Oregon, yes, Oregon goes out against Liberty and just anyway. Let's let's not yeah. anyway. The point being, <laughs> the point being is this, and I want to get back to my original thought. I watched all fifteen of Michigan's games this year. I know that sounds crazy. I did. I I thought that they were an intriguing team. I wanted to see how good they really were. Um, it's the same reason I watch the Buckeyes. Like I watch the Buckeyes all the time because they're always on. Because I live in we live in Ohio, and I'm around Buckeye fans all the time. So it's like one of those things. I know. Uh, Michigan. 
played what seemed to be close games. But I started to pick up, and I think the nation started to pick up on about week six, seven, or eight. The games aren't really close with Michigan. It's just eventually in the third and fourth quarter, they break you, and they lean on you. The Buckeyes kind of did the same thing this year, too. They did it in a different way, though. They did it with athleticism. Like, the Buckeyes uh-huh. beat you late with athleticism. Michigan beat you late with physicality. Um, And so if you watch, like, Bama, that last overtime drive Michigan had, two plays, two runs, touchdown. Like, they just wore Bama down. And you saw in the third and fourth quarter of the national championship game against uh, Washington, yes, Washington made, like, uncharacteristic, uh, like, Penix through, through interceptions, which you don't really see that often. Um, and they got hosed on a bad holding call, which wiped out, like, a 20-yard completion. Yeah, that were, were the t- – I, I will admit, I'm not I, – I've I've gone on – And on Michigan's next drive, on the pass play that took – uh, Colston Loveland, where he picked up like 40 yards. Mm-hmm. There was a more obvious hold on Michigan that wasn't called. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I that was a bad call. I'm going to get into bad refereeing. Oh, but, yeah. Well, I, I, I had some for, uh, takes on that too. Later, for later. sure. When we talk about the wild card wild round, card. yes, for sure, 100%. Um, I'm a little, uh, you, you think I'm fired up now? I'm about to be really fired up here in a bit. Um, that being said, Michigan did that thing where they just leaned on Washington late. Like, they were the best team in the nation. They just they were. If they you, were. If, if you stack them up top to top. Now, I told you at the end of this, because I, I, I know you probably don't want to talk about it a lot. I'm not going to make you talk about it a lot. I'm going to put a bow on this one, and it's going to make you feel better. Okay? Mm-hmm. A... Michigan's losing all those guys. They're either graduating, moving on, whatever the case is. The only significant guy who's actually returning for them is Donovan Edwards. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that, but no, I was a little surprised when I saw it. Then, then the more I thought about it was this is his, you know, he's been kind of a, a second fiddle yeah. the past two years to Blake Corum. He played a little bit as a freshman, you know, third string more like a third down back. This is his like, First chance to be like the guy, and you see when he gets significant carries, he did against Washington. He's he's a he's a breakaway in the open field. He's guy. a boomer bust runner. Yeah, yeah. He, he really wasn't all that good for the most part this season. Like he didn't score a touchdown until I want to say like November. It might be like late October, but he didn't yeah. have a, a touchdown like their first month of the year, which it was almost like I was like really because I watched yeah. him against Ohio State last year, and it was just like yes. You saw that, and like, how's he not d- doing that? You know? Yeah, it it is it is it, it was kind of weird, but they did lean on Blake Quorum a lot more because Quorum is your go out and get your four, uh, four to five four yards, yards of like carry. Does. Yeah, exactly. The other thing, and we're going to talk about it here later, or we can get into it now. It really doesn't matter to me. Um, Let's do it now. We'll do it live. We'll we'll do it live. They're not going to have Harbaugh next year. No. Like, Har- they're, there's no doubt in my mind. I said it going into the playoffs. I didn't ma- I, I don't think it mattered what the outcome was, whether Michigan lost to Alabama or Michigan lost in the championship or Michigan won the championship. Jim Harbaugh will not be the head coach of Michigan next year. He just won't. And without Jim Harbaugh, I just don't think that Michigan is this like it is a little bit not in the same realm because I still I I, I know I'm going to say this and sound very hypocritical. I still think Ryan Day is a really good coach. Um, and I still think Ryan Day's a really, really good recruiter. Even going it's how his, it's his decisions in big games is what's holding him back. Yes, he tightens up. 
Um, I don't want to make this about Ohio State, but yes, just to kind of counter well, what you're And the reason I use it is because when you lose Urban, now you, you go to Ryan Day, and it's like, okay, it's good, but it's not the same. You don't have the same, you know what I mean? He's not Urban Meyer. You can go from Harbaugh to Sherrod Moore or whatever his name is. And, um, and it's funny because you can use the same born on third jokes with uh, Sherrod Moore. Yes, you can. And it's like, um, until he can do it on his own, then like if if Moore, I think if if uh, Harbaugh when Harbaugh leaves, I should say he should be the guy they keep. So then it doesn't cause look what's happening at, at Alabama. We'll get into them here in a little bit. A max exodus of their whole roster. Like yes, at least someone like Sharon Moore. I think he, he could be able to keep some of your recruits who are already committed because there's some parity with the staff sort of yes, thing. Yes, you know? so, like a lot of continuity, and but. Michigan doesn't recruit the way like Alabama does. So they might have some, you know, exodus, which is common when you lose a coach. But I don't think it's going to be like – because guys, you know, these dudes who go to Alabama, they're there for – they're three years now. They're going to they're going to get developed and they'll get picked in the first round sort of mm-hmm. thing. Where Michigan, they don't really operate in that way. They, they get, get guys like that, but that's just not how they recruit. They get three to four-star guys that are going to stay for four to five years. Yes. Yeah. They have – they have found, like, they may not recruit like Ohio State or even Penn State does in the Big mm-hmm. Ten, but they have found, like, some of those diamonds in the rough who just fit their program, whether they're high school kids or even guys in the portal. They've done a yeah. really good job of that. I just, I don't, like, Moore is not hardball. He's just not. Right. And it's like, whatever you want to say about it, like, it, again, we're not going to make this about the Buckeyes, but the easy comparison is the Buckeyes. Like, like, as good of a coach as Ryan Day is, Ryan Day obviously does not do something to get them fired up for Michigan. Like, Urban or whatever Meyer. whatever he's done, it's not working. Yeah, Urban Meyer, he may lose a game to Purdue, but he's going to beat Michigan by 50. Like, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So it's like, you know, that should make you feel good as a Buckeye fan of like, yes, this sucks as a Buckeye fan. Michigan won the national championship. That... And I don't think any amount of whatever you want to say, the 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 asterisks, the redacted, the whatever well, it is. Two things can be true at the same time. Did Michigan have a really good team and probably the best team in the country? Yes. Did they also cheat? Yes. Yeah. Look, the same thing can be said about the Houston Astros. Were they cheating when they won the World Series? Yes. Did they also have a really good team? Yes. Yeah, the only like, thing I'll, two things can be true at the same time. Yes, the only thing I'll push back to you against the, the the cheating aspect, and I'm not I'm not minimizing it, was they did not cheat during their like five or six biggest games of the year. That's fair. That's what the NCAA president basically said when it yeah. came to asterisks. But he also doubled down by saying, "I am not on the infractions committee, so I have no say in what they do." But yeah, yeah. you you are not wrong with that. They proved that they could win without cheating. And the old, um, well, it doesn't play, it doesn't make that big of a difference. Well, if it doesn't, then why was he, Connor Stallions going through all that trouble to record other team sidelines? He was obsessed with Michigan football. He just loved Michigan football. Like, he, I know. Anyway, yeah. that's that. That's neither here nor there. You should, as as a Buckeye fan, you should feel pretty solid in the fact that if Jim Harbaugh is not coaching Mich- the Michigan Wolverines next year, the Ohio State Buckeyes are going to beat Michigan. 
Like I'll put I, I'll put any amount of anything on that. Well, just look at Michigan's schedule uh, next year compared to Ohio State's schedule. Like Michigan plays Texas, Washington. Washington, I don't I'm know as much. Up. I know Washington would be as good this year. Texas, Washington, but you guys play. That is true. You have to go to, to Eugene. That's going to be a tough one. Yes, because Ohio State only plays like three real games. They have to go to Eugene, to Happy Valley, and they host Michigan. Penn State doesn't really worry me just because Penn State I mean, should never I, worry you. It's they James should never. Franklin. They should never worry yeah. you. But Michigan, I mean Washington. Yes, they are losing a bunch of their key guys, just like Michigan. But you know. Well, and they're losing. We'll get to it in a bit, but yeah. But Michigan, okay, this is their football schedule for next year. It is like n- night and day. So they open up. They host. Um, they host Fresno State. Then they then Texas comes to town. Then they have Arkansas State, and then they host USC. And then yeah, and then they have to go to Washington. To uh, they play Oregon comes to Ann Arbor. Okay. So yeah, so so that, obviously they they go to Columbus. So they have to play Ohio State. Oregon, Washington, USC, and Texas. Yeah. How long is their starting quarterback going to be next year? Is it that Alex Orgy guy? Yeah, shout out Orgy. Can he throw the ball? Huge Orgy guy. I don't know, but they got to figure out if he can, but he's fast. Because what quarterback's in the portal for them to go out and get potentially? But Michigan doesn't do that. They don't do that. They don't do that. McCarthy. Like, they, they loaded don't... up on. Well, okay, okay. I'm talking about quarterback. Quarterback, they do not right. go out and try to fight. He... Like, like McCarthy was a in a, a homegrown guy. I think that they were getting orgy plays because they want him to be a in home like grown guy, like. And orgy, you know, he's dynamic. He's explosive. They're off as good as their offense were. They really were not d- dynamic or explosive. They kind of just wore you down. Methodical, as the game. very methodical. Yes. Yeah. So they added him, and just it was just a, a new like twist to the offense. Mm-hmm. And he did. I mean, uh, even when teams knew it was coming, he was still. Like they would still yeah. gain ten to fifteen yards of yeah. like a pop. Oh yeah. Um, but but I just, I just don't I, I I don't know and and I've never seen him throw a ball. Whether the whether the uh, cheating scandal would have come out or not, or whether they weren't even stealing signs, I think this this was Harbaugh's last year, no matter what. It just made he's flirted with going back to the NFL. I think I don't think he ever really wanted to go back to college. He had burned his bridge, you know. The guy is something else. I think he's and him being in college. I think we've talked about this before, but him being in college makes a lot of sense because he is a eccentric. Um, I'm trying to find the right words. He's a very good football coach. Yes, but he's very uh, weird. Yes, and, and I just think the way things ended for him in San Francisco, like then the Michigan job opened up, it just made too much sense for him to go back to school. But I think in deep down, he always wanted to go be in the NFL. Just, and I think you've seen it like with his recruiting. Like, I don't know. I, because the NFL and college are two different, you know, you don't have to worry about recruiting when you're in the NFL. You have your off seasons like off. Like, you can go take a vacation for three months and not have to worry about, Mm -hmm. you know, visiting or texting like teenagers sort of thing. Yeah. Um, But I I think he's going to go because his stock is as the highest it'll ever be. He just won a national championship. He's losing all his key players. And I, I just think now, like, he had the success to give somebody, like, all right, let, let's go back and bring this guy in. Because we know what he did in San Francisco. And it was just, like, was that all? Because it was really – it was a very weird tenure there because he goes to San Francisco. He turns the 49ers around. He gets them, you know, this close to winning the Super Bowl. 
close to going back for a second. And then his last year, it it all just came crashing down. And then, yeah, I, just, I wouldn't be shocked that there are people in Michigan's athletic office who are kind of like, they may be publicly saying like, please stay. We want you because we know you're a good coach, but it's like, you know, we're kind of tired of putting up with you a little bit. I, so my last thing on, on Harbaugh is this, um, I, I, again, He's going to go to the NFL. He will not be. I I would put any amount of anything on it. He will not be Michigan's head coach next year. Um, I think most Michigan fans know that the ones who don't want or most fans who you know think he'll be back are just in denial. Yeah. Um, I think I think he's going to be the Chargers' next coach. Me too. Me too. I think that that's the that's the the best fit for him now. Yes. That being said, I just don't. Uh, like he was only with the Niners for what four to five years? Four, yeah, four years. Like he wears guys down. Like he, his style wears. And and, and like, that's... they forced him out the door like two years after going to a Super Bowl and year after making the NFC Championship game. Like they won the NFC West his first two years, and then so you know two division titles and like a Super Bowl appearance and and, yeah. and two Final Fours. Yes. And then, you know, shit hit the fan his last year there. I don't think they made – they're like 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven in 2014. But, yeah, his, he, just, that's he wears out his welcome. And I think people in Ann Arbor were feeling the same way just with – you know, he's doing all his – he's being horrible. I think he, he's, he gets under people's skin, and I think he's one of those people he knows that he does it and he likes being mm-hmm. that kind of guy. You know what I mean? But I think, yes, I know exactly what you mean. But I, I think with him and why college to me fits him so well, other than the fact that it obviously is much more work than being in the pros. And I think that he's one of those guys that wants to win a Super Bowl. Like he wants to win at the, the highest level he can. The guy lost to his brother for Christ, you know. Yeah. Um, is that he can wear dudes down in college because after four to five years, they're gone anyway. Like, yeah. then you get a new crop of guys in that don't know. Like in the NFL, you could have dudes that are on four to five to six year contracts that don't want to move on and when you wear out good players like uh you know i'm like uh use a i know he's a san francisco guy by now but like think about a nick bosa right if he gets a Uh nick bosa and wears down a nick bosa nick bosa's like i don't want to play for this guy anymore i'm out of here um or or like a, a herbert Right, Herbert. If he, he does go to the Chargers, and and Herbert's like, no, this guy's like, I'm on this long term deal, but like, I don't want to be with this guy anymore. And he starts pushing top talent out. It's the same thing that happened with the Niners. Is it was like you could tell guys were just worn out. And maybe he's changed yeah. as a coach. It's been eight nine years since he was. And I think he, him and the GM didn't get along. I think there was an incident like in the locker room where he like publicly humiliated the guy, like he yelled at him or something from the entire team, mm-hmm. which was like you know a huge. You know, you don't do things like that in the NFL. Yeah. So, and, you know, and going to Michigan, he's the king there. They all they worship that guy. Yeah. Even when he wasn't beating Ohio State. Like. He still made them a 10-2, and 11-1 team every year. Yes. And, and it was like he could do no wrong. And when I would listen to that Michigan radio host, Mike Valinetti, it was kind of like, when are you guys going to, like, just demand, more, like, mm-hmm. be, like, done with all this crap that, He's not winning. You know, he hasn't beaten Ohio. He hadn't beaten Ohio State his first however many years, and people mm-hmm. still were defending him. And it's kind of like, when's enough enough? When do you, like, just draw the line in the sand? And, yeah. you know, money for them was just really bad. And they gave him that really, like, he took a huge pay cut on his uh, extent, like, second contract. 
It was they basically extended him to fire him. They basically said, "All right, 2021, this is your last chance. Mm-hmm. You don't beat Ohio State, go to the Big Ten playoff, you're out the door." And he did all those three things, and then you know the last two years happened. Yeah. Anyway, that was way more Michigan talk than I thought. We were actually uh, yeah, we just get went into. off on a tangent there. Um, and I always had said that him being at Michigan this past year was the best decision just because of how good of a team they had. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is the right time for him and someone like JJ McCarthy to lead too. Like he's not the he he's a good he did a great job of doing what was asked of him in that offense, but he's a very flawed quarterback. But his stock is the highest that it'll ever be. See, champion. And I had heard because so I listened to a lot of like uh Todd McShay mm-hmm. and McShay seems to think that yeah, he, he this, yeah, that he's not as utilized as he should be in Michigan. Like Michigan makes him play a certain way, and that McShay like McShay in like a box. Yeah, McShay believes that if he gets into a, a pro system, he's actually gonna show that he's a lot more dynamic than Michigan let him show, which could be right and could be wrong. I mean, yeah. those guys are wrong all the time and they don't Oh know. yeah. I've seen some people compare him to like Zach Wilson to where you take, I mean, I don't, this is way too early to like project like these mock drafts that they put out in January are like hardly ever accurate. You got to wait until like combine passes and then you get a better feel of like Mm -hmm. how teams are viewing guys. But do you think he'll get picked in the first round? I mean, I don't really think he will. I, I think he's, he'll be a second round pick, but I don't think, I think it depends on how much a team believes in him because you could get him late in the first round and get you fifth, get yes. the fifth year option. You That's could get like a, maybe a desperate team who who needs a quarterback. We'll trade back and get this guy. Like yes, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, perfect spot for him. I <laughs> I had to throw that out there. I'm sorry. No, I no, I I almost agreed with you. I almost said like a team like the Steelers who is kind of in a quarterback situation. Anyway. Um. Anyway, we're gonna get to the coaching stuff later. We have. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't think we, we meant to go that long with Harbaugh. <laughs> no, but since we've been gone, uh, since you've been gone, since we've been gone, there have been a multitude of coaching changes. I want to get to those later because I want to talk yes. NFL football right now with you, Ryan. Um, let's go in chronological order with the way the wild card weekend went. Yeah, it, it, it's a good way for because both of our teams are on opposite segments. But yes. So first game of the day, first game of the weekend. I'm gonna be honest with you, Ryan. I I didn't watch it. I really? Was, I I was following it. I wasn't able to watch it. I was okay. I was a little bit busy. Um, the Cleveland Browns. So yeah, run uh, off the field by the Texans. Yeah, I am not. Um. 45-14. Now, a couple of things. All right. And and this is we can say this for both of our teams. So this I'm going to use this saying again when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. For the most part, not really. I think the Steelers had other issues than the quarterback. Um you got Flacco'd. Like you knew, you knew. He 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 did the same thing in every game this <laughs> year. Like literally. And Chris Long said this uh this either last week or the week before, like week 18, he's on Rich Eisen's show. And he they're talking about, like, who's, you know, Baltimore's the top team in the AFC and probably in, the, in football. Like, who's the, is there any team in the AFC can take them down? And Chris Long said the Browns. Now, he, he said this because he wanted to put this out there. He said the Browns could win a Super Bowl. 
He said the Browns have a plus turnover ratio. Like they have forced more turnovers than they yep. have forced themselves, and they will win the Super Bowl. If they have a negative turn turnover ratio, they will not. He was exactly right. And that's just been the story of them all season and really with Flacco. It's just you got like he threw two pick sixes, you know, that iced the game for them. And the defense was not good, but in that game. But the frustrating thing about it is you're down 24-14 at the half. And we'll get to how they were in that situation here in just a second. Texas Houston got the ball first. The defense got the stop. Like they did what they were supposed to. They they were forced Houston to punt. And the Browns get the ball back and they're starting to move the ball a little bit. I think they converted like a third and 16 or something. Or they converted a third and long to where David Bell made a catch on like at the 34 yard line. And then Flacco, you know, he throws a ball. I, I think he was being pressured. So I don't I think he was about to get hit when he threw it. So he wasn't able to get as much on it because if you watch it, he just throws it like right to Steven Nelson. Mm-hmm. And when, when they show like the, uh, the back angle of it, Amari Cooper was open in the end zone. And I think if he can get enough on it, it's potentially a touchdown. Now it looked like Steven Nelson had stopped as Cooper kept running, which is probably why Cooper looked that open, but. You know, he kept, picks it, runs it back for a touchdown. Next drive, the Browns go for the fourth down at about midfield, throws another pick six, and that was really the game. But yeah. there were three – we're going to talk about officiating. There were three really bad calls that did not happen, that did not go the Browns' way in the first half that should have. So 17-14, to 14, this is the drive after the Texans had just scored. So first down, Flacco – throws a, a pass to Njoku, who's open. Now, the ball kind of flutters in the air because Njoku was there. Steven Nelson hits Njoku before the, the ball, like, mm-hmm. and touches his hands. Like, it was like a full second. It should have been pass interference. No call. And there's an official right there. And it's just like, how do you miss that? But, you know, you got to keep playing. So, second down. It's another pass play. Flacco's rolling out. No one open, so he runs. He slides. And as he's sliding... Yeah, that's the, the King like yep. comes in and hits him. No call. And it's like, I mean, he didn't hit him high or anything like that, but it was like if that was Patrick Mahomes, that defender would have been banned from the or league. Josh Allen. Josh I'll Allen. get to that later. I'm gonna get yeah, to it later. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. worry. I know what play you're talking about. Because yeah. when I saw that happen, I said, Why wasn't that called in the Browns game? Yeah. So and then the, the yeah, Texans next drive. It's a third down and about six, and they're about they're in Brown's territory, and they throw a, a, an incomplete pass. So it looks like the defense gets a sh- gets the stop. There's a penalty on the Browns defense, Ronnie Hickman's pass interference. But if you watch the play, it's him and the, he's covering the tight end, Dalton Schultz. And they're both kind of like arm checking each mm-hmm. other as they're looking up yeah, for the yeah. ball. And it's like, it's like, it was, you could, if you're going to call on Hickman, Schultz is doing the same thing. And it's like, how do you call something like that? And you don't call like an obvious, mm-hmm. like, those three plays changed the game there. Now, I'm not saying they would have won if, like, Flacco doesn't throw that first pick six and they score a touchdown there because the defense really wasn't that good, which mm-hmm. was it, – it was just – the Browns had a great season, like a f- great, fun season, and it just – it's a disappointing way for it to end. Yeah. Just with, with all the injuries that they had and just the fact that they're even in the playoffs with Joe Flacco is almost – you would have told me that like before the season started. I would have laughed and said, "Man, you're crazy." But so I I equate it to this. Um, okay. Anyways, yes, no, you're good. I I want to give you as much time as you wanted to talk about 
about the Browns, and 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 I'll I'll give you your piece before we take our break here. But my one little piece of it is this: you had to know it was coming at some point. Um, it was the same thing, and I equated a lot to like, and, and that was against Flacco play. He turned the ball over, he threw interceptions. Yeah. Like this it, isn't. It was just like the Big Ben, where like one week you can get a Big Ben four touchdown game, and it's like it, he's awesome, and then the next week you get a Big Ben four interception game. And two of them are pick six. Just look at the box score. Flacco is 34-46. He threw a touchdown, two picks, and the other were 300 yards. Like, he played – outside of those yes. two interceptions, he played a really good game. But, yeah. And that's how he's been this, like, whole – this season with the Browns is – Yes. He's been good, but he's just – you know, he's turned the ball over one too many times. And And not to diminish what the Texans did. Because the Texans' offense – Yes. Kind of – Carved up they, that that they Browns could, defense. They, they, they could do anything they wanted, and yeah, like this was C.J. Stroud. He elevates that team so mm-hmm. much. Like when he didn't play in the game a month ago because he had a concussion, but with Case Keenum and even Davis Mills, that offense was so pedestrian. Like mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud, the fact that he's a rookie and he's doing that, man, this guy's gonna. He's awesome, man. It, yes, and that's also what makes the loss so like. It's a guy like CJ. I love CJ Stroud. And it's like, yeah. mm, he gave you like, so many happy I'm, moments. And then he gives you this one right now. Yeah. It's like, damn it. Yeah. But hey, I am rooting for Houston to beat uh, Baltimore this week. I don't. We'll I am to too. I am too. I don't I think they'll be able to get the win, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, And so the other thing with you, yeah, they just, I mean, the, the memes went around of, they, they completely negated. The Browns' best defensive player in, in uh, Miles Garrett. Um, and- Garrett probably made about one. You know, only one play that he made was when they tried that shuffle pass. He kind of blew up that whole play. Mm-hmm. But besides that, they just couldn't get any pressure on him. And when they seemed to get pressure, Stroud got rid of the ball. Like- yeah, Stroud got rid of the ball fast. He was able to get the ball downfield to to open guys, and he puts the ball exactly where it needs to be. Like. He makes good decisions and he yeah. throws the ball with such confidence, and that's part of it is like not being scared to to make those throws. Um, I mean, if you're a Panthers fan, you have to be sick to your stomach watching that. Yes, yes, like you have to be. Um, and to think like there were Houston fans who were upset that they won their last game because they wouldn't get the number one pick for Bryce Young. It's like what's well, what their tight ends Brevin George said earlier yeah. this year. He's like, I'm so glad we won that game and got Stroud. Like. Yeah, I, and you can almost look. You can almost look at it right now. Of uh, Alabama quarterbacks are kind of becoming the new Ohio State quarterbacks. Yeah, where it's like who was really? Yeah, Mac we're Jones. Gonna, we're gonna get that Mac Jones. Uh, Jalen Hurts is good to an extent. Yeah, something just. Ha- we'll get to that game here in a little bit. I think he's hurt. They didn't look right. I think he's hurt. I think there's something off. Um, you could but, be right. But no, that could be your brother. You you are right for one. I think there's a lot of things with the Eagles, but for for the most part, like there was always that stretch where Ohio State quarterbacks never succeeded in the NFL, um, for whatever reason. Right, uh, and, and I thought Stroud would be pretty good, but I, I did not think he would be this good this fast. Like, yeah, yeah. the guy he, could honestly like he should be rookie of the year. Like Puka was great too, but I'm sorry, like what Stroud is, did, like just yes. the, the turnaround. In one year, is just like no. I don't think anybody saw this coming with a rookie head coach too. Yes, with a rookie head coach. So, um, no, I think that you know uh, we're going to get to it with the Steelers. Steelers were in the same boat as the Browns. Like it was, 
it was almost a time bomb waiting to happen. You just didn't know when it was going to happen. And it just so happened to <laughs> happen week one. You know what I mean? Like week one yeah. of the playoffs. So, uh, you know, just, you know, last for the Browns, it's just a disappointing end to like a, a great season. Like yeah. they, they had a great year and it's just, and now I, I, we, we got to take a break here in a second, but the last thing I want, I want you to give like a, about 30 seconds on is the Deshaun Watson thing. So where do we move forward from here? Well, I mean, his last game that he got hurt, you know, it was probably his best game against, you know, they beat the Ravens and everything was looking high. Like we would have been in the playoffs with Watson. Now, this it would have been much worse if Watson would have started this game just be, and lost because it's, you know, his old team and yada, yada, yada. But mm-hmm. if Watson can get back, you know, they were, well, Watson gets credit for the Colts win, even, even though he, only played like two series in that game, but he was five and one, really four and one in games that uh, he started with the Browns. Mm-hmm. And with how his last game was, it looked he looked like he was peaking at the right time. And we'll see what happens. I I still think that they have a good team. I I think he's going to be okay. I, I the Browns aren't going anywhere. I just sure. he, when I say I, not going anywhere, I mean they're not going away. Like yeah, I, I don't expect a huge regression just with what you know you saw a 38 year old joe flacco did and watson was you know not as bad as what some people try to say he was but you know yeah i just yeah i don't know i don't he know. just needs to play football he just hasn't played a lot just because of suspension and now injury, injury. yeah and yeah um all right ryan what do you say we take a break come back talk about more wild card yeah. round sound good let's do it man Hey there, everyone. Well, me and Ryan are taking a quick break. Remember to go into whatever app you're you're using, whether it be Spotify uh, or Apple Podcasts, and hit that subscribe button for us. Um, Download the episode. uh, Give us a rate. Give us a review. It really does help with the show, and we really do appreciate it, uh, and it goes a long way um, for both of us. So please remember to subscribe, and here we come back to the show. All right, Ryan, we're back, and we're going to continue on with some of these wild card games. Our Saturday night game that we got, Kansas City. Very cold one. Very cold one. Kansas City 26, Miami 7. Um, If you didn't see this one coming, you're crazy. Uh, Everybody did. Yeah. Miami is not built to play in that weather. No, not by any means. Not by any means. I I don't know who I was talking to about it, but – um, do you think Tua's ever seen snow? Like, I started thinking about it. I was like, he has to have seen snow in, like, Buffalo or New York or New England because he plays in that division. Right. But, like, think about his whole life never being below, like, 40 degrees. And then he's got to go yeah. 70 that, that's degrees cold colder. That's cold for him, yeah. Yes, 70 degrees colder. But, um... Uh, so a couple of things. I'm gonna get my thoughts out on this game, and then and then I'll let you go. Um, it was never really out of the question for the Chiefs. The Chiefs scored like very early on in the first quarter. I believe their first drive. Um, and um, they've 
done a really good job late this season of just not pressing. They capitalize on points when they can get points. Yeah. Um, if that means kicking field goals, that that they they almost essentially field goal you to death at points. Um. Uh, and the Dolphins had the one big throw to Tua, or not to Tua, to uh, Tyreek. Tyreek, yeah. Um, from Tua, <clears throat> uh, and it it kind of felt like it would be close at that point, and then the Chiefs just never let up after that. It was, it yeah. like I equated it to when I was watching this game. It looked like Miami's defensive players were moving in slow motion, like they like they were running in quicksand. It was like they didn't know how to act. Yeah, whether that cold. They're not used to playing in these con- like conditions consistently. I mean, yeah. like you said, they've played games in New England, uh, Buffalo, and New York, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and they play games in other places where it's cold mm. too, obviously. But just that being their division. But yeah. you know, Kansas City, they deal with this like every other week. This yes. is nothing new to them. Mahomes, you know, he's played every playoff game up until this one, this upcoming week, um, in Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. So this is At nothing home. new to him. And that game is probably not going to have any better weather, but no. Um, but yeah, you know, I, but you know, Tua, who's from Hawaii, went to Alabama, plays for the Dolphins. He's not built to play in this, so you know. Yeah. Um. And with their offense is like they're a track team, basically. They're yes. not built to play in these sort of conditions. They're not a a rough you up run between the tackles team, and like yes. the Chiefs had the they have the ultimate rough you up dude in Pacheco that just like yes. like. I wouldn't want to tackle Pacheco either because he just runs so incredibly hard, like scary hard uh, yeah. through the middle. And you could see it a couple of times. He just – he busted off like a couple like 13 to 15-yard runs because it was like no one wants to touch this guy. He's like running yeah. way too hard. Um, uh, that being said, I don't think – like that – the the who's the dude? Uh, Rice from um, – the Chiefs that Rashad just Rice, Rashad yeah, Rice, he looked pretty solid. He looked like a wide receiver that they've missed because they've had a lot of guys that have just dropped balls. Like, uh, like Valdez Scantling, how does that guy still play football for the Chiefs? I don't. I, and he was actually okay last year for them. Yeah. Um. Tony oh, didn't way, play. We, we have breaking news: Mike McCarthy is staying in Dallas. They're not okay. firing him. So okay. we'll get to that later. Yeah, we're that's that's our next one. We're going to get to. Thank you for. Uh, breaking that news because I had no idea I had not gotten mm-hmm. that yet. Um, but I, and I don't have much. I don't really have much to say about this game at all because I think we all saw it coming. And I still don't think like it's so stupid to say like I don't. I have low expectations for the Chiefs because they have Patrick Mahomes. Like they could win next week, and I wouldn't be shocked. But if they lose, I also wouldn't be shocked. I'd be like. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because they're a very flawed this, this is a, team. They're, they're very clunky offensively. They're not the same Kansas yes. City Chiefs. They miss Tyreek, and I, and they miss somebody like Juju Smith-Schuster, who he he wasn't Tyreek Hill, but he was. You could at least rely on him. He could catch mm-hmm. the ball when he needed to, and and make a play here and there. And usually, the guy they've had for that has been Travis Kelsey, and he's not like but statistically. He caught ninety-three passes. Or I this know. Year. He had like 985 yards, and you're like, really? And it might have just been the weather. It could have just been the weather. That, that fact, he dropped it. He dropped like two or three balls that were like, he doesn't drop those passes. You know what I mean? Like, even he looked at his hands and was like, what is going on? So it might have been the elements. I don't know. It could it could have yeah. been that. Elements, I mean, definitely. It's not, like you said, it's not going to get any better this week. Um, It's probably yeah. going to be worse, honestly. Um, 
Let me look at the forecast because they play Sunday, don't they? They're night Sunday night. Ooh. Um. Oh. Yeah. So well, Romo's going to I mean, be in his box for that. Oh my God, he's going to be in his. I in don't his know, absolute, Jim. He's going to be. I, I I don't know how he's going to be able to hold him. He may not wear pants. He may just he may just be suit. Okay. Sunday, high at 26, low at 12. So it'll be in the 20s, the high teens. So kind of what it is here right Any now. precipitation? No. Okay. Just partly cloudy, a little, little sun. They're not supposed to get any snow this week. They're supposed to get some snow today, tomorrow, and Friday, and none until. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So I don't, I, again, I don't have much else for this game. Um, I think that. Yeah, I really wasn't watching that closely because I was just more. Yeah sad about the Browns game and it was you know game um, game's yes. over football out <laughs> yes I think I think uh as far as the I, I'm not I'm not willing to give up on the Dolphins yet but the Dolphins do have to do something about physicality yes. like they can't just yes. be this finesse team they've got to use the finesseness to help them but they I think they've got to go out and get like a real like a road grader Garter tackle that is just gonna like stomp dudes out, um, and and give them running lanes and things like yeah. that. So they they need they needed an Isaac Pacheco of their own. Yes, yes, somebody like that, like that rookie running back that they've got, uh, who had a nice stretch from and I can't think of his name. It's like Achan or yeah, Achan, Achan, Achan. Yeah, he. You need someone to compliment him. You need a smash and dash like, uh, like a Jalen Warren like a Jalen Warren yes. for the Steelers who just who just yes. runs through people's face um but uh I don't know should be good I I mean we get the Chiefs in the division around again yay let's go you, you, you know the funny thing was all year we heard the AFC's wide open and just to get Chiefs and Bills in the playoffs again yep yep but in Buffalo for a change because I was just thinking like every Chiefs uh Bills game for the playoffs and regular season has been in Kansas City. I think the only other time that the only time Mahomes has ever played in Buffalo was in the 2020 yeah. regular season. They didn't play Kansas City in the playoffs, but I was, I was just crazy. I'm like, how often do you see a team just play like the same plays over yeah. and you know? It's pretty crazy. And this is Mahomes' first road playoff game. Like, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it's. it's I think he'll be okay. I don't know. The we'll yeah. get to the Bills. We'll get to the Bills in a second. They're yeah, they're both like they both can be clunky at times, but they but when they're rolling, they can both be really good. And yes. we'll say we get to the bills in a second. Yeah. Um so our uh first game of what well, ended up becoming the first game because the Bills game was moved, Bill Steelers were moved to Monday. Our first game Sunday. A shocker. Um I was shocked just uh, because it yeah. was Cowboys Packers. Dallas had been really, really good at home this year, like night and day from on the road. And, you know, Green Bay kind of squeaked their way into the playoffs. They had they had their moments where they looked good this year, and they had their moments where they didn't look so good. They, mm-hmm. they were kind of up and down, which yeah. kind of expected with a you know, first-year starter in Jordan Love, but they just blew them off the field. Yeah, so I did not watch a lot of this. I was doing – um I was at work, so I didn't I was really working, watch much. Yeah, so we now. won't talk about this one a ton. Uh, I was working flying to the hoop, so I, I I literally just caught score like scores of the game. I wasn't really yeah. watching it act, and I was working outside too. It was cold, so I I couldn't oh, God, check often. It was terrible. Uh, it was it was awful. But 
Um, like you said, it was shocking just because the Packers were seven point underdogs. Um, first year quarterback in Jordan Love, and they were just physical. From what I heard, they just over physical mm-hmm. Dallas's threw it all over them too. Yep, and, and uh, Green Bay's defense had been pretty like. Not very good for most part this year. They just dominated Dallas. Yes, and and so you get back into the, um, you just the mentioned it. They're gonna, they're gonna bring yes the old Cowboys. You bring back Mike McCarthy next year. Um, I mean, if you just look at the box score, uh, Prescott didn't have the worst game of all time. He f- he threw for four hundred yards. They did ask him to throw uh, sixty times. Um, and he had a two lot picks. of this. When you fall behind, you can't. You you have to throw the ball. So yes, when you're down, what was it, twenty seven to nothing at halftime? Like the running game goes out the window just because you're trying to preserve as much clock as you can. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's he, part of it. But. Yeah, his numbers look good, but it was it was never close. It was never. Close. I think that just perfectly sums up who Dak is. Like he's he's good, but he's not. He can't get you over the top. Yeah, and it's funny because the Texans are in the place now of where the Cowboys were seven years ago. You have the fun, exciting rookie quarterback. You know the 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 Texans they they're the, the they're the young guns. They're the mm-hmm. they're they're the fun team, yeah. and they've actually won a playoff game. Dallas, remember they were the number one seed, Zeke and Dak, and Aaron Rodgers makes that great pass to you know Jared Cook toe tapped in one of the last second field. They beat them by that much, and you think, "Oh, Dallas, they're here, here to stay." And they really was that the Dez game? Was it, it the Dez catch game? No, I'm talking about the one. This one was in Jerry's world. The yeah. Jared Cook, where Mahomes is rolling out, or not? Aaron Rodgers is rolling out, and Jared Cook like gets his tiptoes in back, like just a mm-hmm. perfect like pinpoint pass, and then they went on a field goal. Um, yeah, but yeah, Dak just—he's not it. He's, he he can look really good. And he can look really bad. Yeah. Kind of like the, the the Big Ben Show Flacco effect. Yes, yeah, it's it's boomer bust kind of thing. But with him, it's not even like exciting boomer bust. Like Joe Flacco and Big Ben, when they're on, they're hitting deep balls. Like it's really exciting. Uh, right. I would say Dak when he's on is more methodical. Like he's more he can pick his spots really really well. Um. But like you said, Jerry coming back, um, or not Jerry, but uh, uh, Mike McCarthy coming back, um, kind of a little bit to be expected. I mean, you make the playoffs, and and I mean the fact uh, that he hadn't been fired like yet was is I, is I guess not shocking that he's being retained. But yeah, I wonder if they got if it, if this is one of the situations to where if they couldn't get Belichick to come, it's like we might as well like who else is out there, sort of thing. Yeah. Because at least with McCarthy, you've got you got a good team. He's gotten you to the playoffs three years in a row. And you keep the continuity. You keep yes. the continuity. Yes. Um, and for the Packers, way overachieving. Yeah. Way overachieving. And how do they do it? I don't know. With you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and now to Jordan Love. Yeah. It's like how? And I'm not I'm not ready quite yet to to crown Love as like this next dude. Right. He, he still but, he still has a lot a long, a long a long way to go just because you know more tape will get out there about him. But, but I agree I think with you. He had a better year than a lot of people thought that he would. I don't oh, think anyone sure. expected them to make the playoffs. No, and I I agree with you one hundred percent that he um that because uh, they didn't make it a year ago with Rodgers. 
No. And I, it, I saw a thing. It was like, it was like a chart of like, um, draft a quarterback way too high when you don't need to. And then the next point was like, fire up your aging, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback to get another two to three years it's out of him. Literally the same thing that get, happened. Yeah. Trade trade that Hall of Fame quarterback to the Jets for a King's ransom when he's way too old. Uh, play your now uh, new Hall of Fame quarterback and then repeat the cycle. Yeah, yeah, and they, they always get good skill guys mm-hmm. like Jaden Reed. He's nice. Uh, they still have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Um, they got some nice tight ends. Like they have some nice pieces offensively, but they're running into a buzzsaw in the 49ers. And we'll get to that game here soon, but I think it's going to be close. No, I think the Niners are going to stomp them. Yeah. I think the Niners stomp them. It's it it could get really bad. Um so uh yes. Um Anyway, I, 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 again, don't have much more to say about that game because I didn't watch it. I didn't watch a single second of that game. Yeah. Um, because it's like once you saw the score, it was like, oh, like, because mm-hmm. really, for the most part, none of these games are really that all that entertaining. No. Besides it, the next game we're going to, we're going to get to. Yes. So the, the Sunday night game, the Detroit Lions have done it. They have, yeah. they have broken what was the longest playoff drought victory. In professional sports, they beat the Los Angeles Rams at home 24-23. There were so many storylines going into this. The return of Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Um, Goff. And you're facing off. The, Goff's facing off against his old team. His yes. old team that told, that told him, you're not good enough to take us to the top. Yep. And what does he do? He goes out. Like, this might be one of those trades to where it's like, it's a win-win. Because yes. Stafford got the Rams the Super Bowl. He got them what they wanted. And then... Jared Goff has like proven like, hey, I can st- I can still be that guy, and and he wasn't bad like with the Rams ever. You know, he got them to a Super Bowl, but it just after like you know year two or three with Sean McVay, you know, it, some, it didn't seem right. No, and then he even like it didn't go off to the best start with the uh, the Lions, and he was able to work his way back into this guy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but. Everything around the game was awesome. I mean, it was, the yes. the Lions jumped out quick. It was almost like the quintessential Lions game. Where yeah. The Lions jumped out quick, and the Rams weathered the storm, and it seemed like the Rams— It really felt like in the second half that the Rams were going to win the game. Yes, but the—, the, the I the, thought they were. The thing the Lions did better than, than anything, I felt, is they bent, but they didn't break. They, they yes. held the Rams a bunch of times to field goals. Um, Which is what— cost the Rams were not good in the red zone and they wasted two of their timeouts in the second half so after that holding penalty because remember they had like third and four and they were in field goal range and then they had the obvious hold on Aiden Hutchinson because you know he basically got tackled yeah um so they pushed it back to third and 14 and then that pushed them out of field goal range and forced them to punt but they only had one timeout so yeah and the only the only score that the the Lions had in the second half was a very long a fifty four yard field goal yeah. that made it a full touchdown. And then there were two different times that the Rams got like deep into Lions territory and they had to settle for a field goal both yeah. times. Um, it just seemed like they were moving the ball at ease, and the Lions had kind of like stalled out a whatever. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had stalled out, and and yeah. and the Rams I think made good adjustments too, and then. Yeah. After like the the Lions get the ball back after it's twenty they make it twenty four twenty three um 
the Rams kick the field goal and make it 24-23. They get the ball back. They can't do anything with it. They punt it. The Rams get the ball, come down field, and on like, I think it was like a fourth, and they were in field goal range. And I thought this was, people are criticizing um, uh, Campbell for this. It ended up working out. But like, they the the Rams were definitely in field goal range. It was like fourth and two. Um, and they get a holding penalty after they didn't. It was fourth and or third and two. They didn't get it. Um, right. And the Rams accept the field or accept the penalty to push them back ten yards to essentially take them out of field goal range. Um, right. And then the Rams run a play, try to get it to Puka. Puka's like triple covered. Um, and yeah. I think there was maybe a little bit of tugging early, but it was such a they, bang they, bang. They could have called it there. Yeah. They could have. It was just such a bang bang call that it's like it's tough to to really call that. Um, yeah. And the Rams, instead of trying to go for it, hunt the ball with one timeout left, and yeah. the just nuts on Dan Campbell and that staff to call a pass play. Say if once we get the first down, like they ran the ball, and then they threw the ball, got a first down, and that was it. Yeah, and it's yeah. like. A good nickname, so Mike Valinetti, that Michigan guy, radio host I like, he calls Dan Campbell Dan Gamble. Yeah, it's a good, that's a because good Because sometimes he's too aggressive for his own good to where it, it's kind of cost him in some games. Like, when you're aggressive like that, when it works, like, you're a genius. But when it doesn't work, it's like, you know, terrible call sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But the Lions are really, really good. They just keep like, fighting. Like I, yes. I like they can beat you. They have they can beat you so many different ways on offense. They can run it down your throat with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Mm-hmm. And then they have, you know, you they can throw it to Amonra St. Brown or Sam Laporta or their other receivers are solid. Like Yeah. Their and their defense is really good too. I they just give up weird plays. Like their defense yes. will just blow plays every once in a while. It's really strange. But yes, they're solid when they want to be solid. Um yeah. And I don't think uh, – well, we'll get to that game here soon. I don't think Tampa Bay is going to stand – I could be wrong, but – I think I, it's going to be gonna... I think it's gonna be close because all, all Lions games are close for some reason, and, and Tampa Bay has got a way of mucking up games. But I, I think Detroit being at home, that really oh, yeah. helps them a lot. Oh, it really yeah. helps them a lot. Um. All right. The first Monday game. Mark – you have the floor for this. I'm going to. Okay. Um, oh, let it. I, I want to hear everything you, you got to say. You heard you. You heard me for the Browns. So. So. Buffalo 31, Pittsburgh 17. Now a couple of things. Um, I came into this game knowing the Steelers probably were not the better team. Um, I hated that the game got moved because. I know we should have had a. That, yeah, that game on Sunday would have fit. Now, obviously, I get it was dangerous conditions for people to travel. Yeah. But that style would have helped the Steelers a bit more um, than it does the Bills. Now, the Bills did run the ball really well against Pittsburgh, and they, they yeah. realized uh, when um, Cam Hayward was not in to run the football. So kudos mm-hmm. on them for all of that. The Steelers... If you play that game 10 times, I bet you the Steelers lose 8 out of 10 times. Right? I'm not going to say they lose all 10. They 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 they'll get a couple. Um Mason Rudolph in that game did not look 
as solid. He didn't have as much like pep on the ball. Uh, no. It was kind of he was kind of floating balls. Uh, they turned the ball over way too many times. Um, they should have had one more. I don't know how that wasn't a fumble. I don't know how it was either on uh, on Fryermuth. That rule did yeah. not make sense to me. But you throw the interception in the touch in the end zone uh, that ends up turning into seven points for the Bills. <clears throat> um, and so that's a fourteen point swing right there. Uh, the game should have been if you don't if you don't have that should have been fourteen fourteen going into halftime. Instead, it's, yeah, that block field goal was huge. Yes, the block field goal was really big. Um, instead, it's twenty. That kind of like flipped the moment. Like it, it made it more of a game. Honestly, it, yeah, it got the Steelers back in. Steelers. It got it got the Steelers back in. Um, yes. Instead, you go into half twenty one ten, and you have to kick off to the Bills, um, which wasn't great. Uh, which, but you stopped them though. It did, and then got the ball back. Uh, and which then same thing happened in the Browns game. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yes. Uh, the Steelers got it within seven at one point. It was twenty. It was twenty four seventeen. There's a couple of things, okay, that I got to get off my chest, and you I'm not. Here, I appreciate it. I'm not a big blame the refs guy. I'm just not, and I'm not I'm saying, the same way. But yes, I'm not saying that these things, if the if these things are called or don't go this way, that the Steelers win the game by any means. Again, you can't fumble the ball if you're George Pickens, and you can't throw the interception in the end zone. If you're if you're uh, if you're Mason Rudolph. That being said, um, there were like four or five egregious things that I saw in this game that were insane. So the Josh Allen long run off of the after the interception. So Pittsburgh throws the interception. Buffalo gets about to the to, to midfield, and Josh Allen has a fifty-two yard touchdown run. There's two separate things on this play that really pissed me off, that infuriate me to no end. Okay. The mm-hmm. first one. Well, actually, hold, okay. No, I'm going to finish this thought, and then I have another one that goes along with the interception because this also you. ticked me off, and it should have. Yes. Um. Josh Allen. Everybody's like, "Oh, the the move Josh Allen put on everybody." Do you know that move that Josh Allen did? Did you see what he did? The fake slide. He fake. He did a fake slide, which is illegal. You can't do that, right? And now we have the guy who made the fake slide illegal in college, and Kenny Pickett. And it's like, right. okay, like when he did it, no one had done it in forever. Um, and it's illegal for a reason, right? Because it comes back later when Josh Allen on like late in the game does slide, and then we get an unnecessary roughness because Roberts hits him as he's down, and it's like, what are you supposed to do as a linebacker at that point? If, right. If Josh Allen has already fake slid once and it burned you to score a touchdown, how can you not try to hit this guy? who is then looking to slide. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have it both ways. On that same long touchdown run, they missed a holding pe- a holding call in the middle of the field where I'm not saying our nose guard's going to make the tackle, but he's going right. to get pretty darn close. He's right there. He just can't get there because he's being held, right? So those are two separate things on one play that allow the Bills to get that touchdown. They make it 21-0 uh, at that point, and um, things are really sucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. The other thing that drove me crazy all night that the refs should have gotten a handle on and they never did. And it in like I have never been a big um the NFL's fixed or rigged or they call things. Yeah, a I, way I hate or, just because your favorite team loses, stop it. But there's certain things in this game that started to make me think, oh, they really want the Bills to win. And these this is one of them. I don't know if you noticed this either. 
the fans throwing snowballs I saw at that. Pittsburgh receivers in the end zone as they're going up for passes, that should be a personal foul. Like, I understand that's the fans doing it, but you didn't need to make an announcement as a referee. At like, least, don't at throw least a, snowballs. Yeah. At le- yes, at least a warning penalty of if you're throwing snowballs from the stands, this will be a personal foul against the defense. Um, and, yeah. And it's going to give the, the opposing team, whether each side, like if there's Steelers fans doing it too, then that's fine. But there weren't. There was never snowballs thrown at Bills receivers, right? Um, it was always the Steelers into the end zone getting things thrown at them from the crowd. Well, that's the issue because one of the things I like about Buffalo Stadium, which is kind of coming – the fact is, is how close the stands are to the field. Like the yeah. fans are almost like right on the field. Yes. Like, you know, front row, which obviously factored in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways. And the, the, so that was insane. The last one, and again, I'm not saying any of these, if you call it, I, I will only contend the fake slide hold. That, that play really ticks me off because that's a 14 point swing at that point. Again, can't throw the, can't throw the interception in the end zone. You can't do that. Right. Absolutely. The last thing that, that really that I've seen that is infuriating to me is, uh, Joey Porter Jr. gets out, goes out of the game with a head injury because one of the Bills' offensive linemen just absolutely blows him up from behind, um, like spears him as Joey is going down to make a tackle or, or cover up a tackle or whatever, and no call. No unnecessary roughness. Or, like, number one rookie corner gets taken out of the game. It's freaking wild to me. That we're going to protect, that we're going to call a penalty on a sliding Josh Allen, who is at the time a runner, and you're not going to call a blindside hit on a because he's a defensive player with a guy who's like 350 pounds barreling down at the back of his head. That's crazy to me, right? So I had to get those all off my mind. Again, even without those things, I still don't think the Steelers win that game. I still think the Steelers are a flawed team. I still think the Bills are playing better football than the Steelers were at this point. They're probably playing better football than maybe anybody in the they AFC have, they right now. They had quite a turnaround, honestly. Like, yeah. They were 6-6, six and six, and now look, look at them now. Now they're 6-0 and oh since since that, like, or in their last six. Yeah, whatever the last six was, they're 6-0. and oh. Yeah. Um, winning, that, winning that division, right? Getting the home field mm-hmm. advantages, um, mm-hmm. at least for the first two games. I'm just saying that was pretty... Uh, I could take, like, a couple years ago when we played the Bills, I think it was last year, actually, when we just got our asses kicked. Like, that I can stomach more than that game where it was close, and there was just certain things that you could tell were not going the Steelers' way and were going the Bills' way in an, a very unfair advantage sense. Um, and now this week, the NFL gets what they want. They get they get Bills, they get Chiefs. and yeah. Like we said earlier, we all we heard was AFC's wide open and it's Bills and Chiefs again, but in Buffalo this time. Yeah. So, um, but did that game still going to be awesome? I think it will too. Buffalo had a, a fair amount of injuries against the Steelers. A lot, a lot of defensive guys went down uh, against Pittsburgh. So, um, it'll still yeah, be a guy who led the team in tackles, AJ Klein, who wasn't even on like the active roster, like for most of the season, mm-hmm. and who was planning on like going to like Key West with his family this week. And then the GM called, like, hey, we're going to need you. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. So, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, so um, he probably wished he was in Key West. Probably, better, but probably. <laughs> anyways, but uh, Mike Tomlin announces he's going to stay the coach of the Steelers. Um, 
How do you feel about Tomlin? Because Shannon Sharp made some interesting points about him on first take to where he was kind of like, he basically said, quit telling, quit giving him credit for the non-losing seasons. Like, this game's about winning. What has he won recently? See, but that's the thing. What are your thoughts on that? So, I, I don't like the Tomlin, and I've talked about it before. I don't like the Tomlin doesn't get up for games they should win and only gets up for games that they're underdogs. Like, like he's the ultimate underdog coach. He is, like, not the great, the greatest, uh, like, favorite coach in the world. Um, if you look at, because, like, there's been, you know, the, the, the big thing right now is they haven't won a playoff game in eight years. All right, well, they've made the playoffs a handful of times since then. So, like, if you ask any of these middling franchises, like, like the Panthers or um, just me as a Browns fan, like I would have taken just make like just this year I would have taken just as much make, as it sucked losing, but hey, we made the playoffs, making the playoffs. Like, and the Steelers overperformed this year. The Steelers were picked to be last in the division, and then they go to the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, like Mason that, Rudolph. Like, yes, that as a fan makes me feel good. You know what I mean? Like as a fan, I enjoy that. I I like that. I like when my team wins. If you're sitting there, and I know. You know, we have friends that do this, and there's people on TV that talk about it of the um, the uh, middle-of-the-pack purgatory, right? The, the the mediocre purgatory. Okay, well, A, the Steelers aren't on the lower end of the mediocre purgatory. They're on the upper end, right? They're going 9-7, and 10-6. and First-class organization. Yeah. Yes. They're, they're having winning seasons in those middle-of-the-pack, like, you know, cases. So, like, that's loser talk. That's loser talk if you're like either tank it or 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 have like you know the greatest team ever that you're 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 now right. exposing yourself as a loser. I right. will never apologize for my team making the playoffs. And Tomlin gets us, if not to the playoffs, he gets us darn near close every year. Right now, the only thing I'll say with it is this: I'm fine with Tomlin being our head coach next year. He's earned that. He's gone 17 straight seasons, no losing record. Like he. Keeps the locker room together for the most part. I need more toughness out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I need I need him to not be as much of a player coach and more of a hardo at times. And the only way I would have been able to accept like Tomlin deciding to because they wouldn't have fired him. They would have done the same thing as the Bill Belichick, a, a, a parting of ways. Um, and sometimes I think change is sometimes like a change is good. It's like you've had this for so long, and it's like maybe maybe we just need a fresh face in here just to see what yeah like because it's kind of like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a change, yeah. which is kind of what's happened with the Steelers the past. What year were you in, were, were, you, were you in the AFC championship game last? Was it uh, the 2016 season? 2016, like yeah. yeah. So like since then you've first round by lost uh, Jacksonville missed the playoffs but you know all good regular seasons or you know you didn't have a losing record um, so I it, it, it a nineteen loss and twenty to the yes so the, the litany of it was this is like you lose to Jacksonville you should have never lost to Jacksonville that one year with the, the Blake Bortles year that was they had a awesome good defense game, but they, yes they shouldn't have lost that game um. Yeah, shouldn't have been in that game. I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> you you lose to the Browns in the 2020 year, um, and That's the Browns the Browns were a better team than us. We were we were 11 and 0, 12 and 0, but it was kind of a 
House of Cards. You were kind of like how the Eagles yes, were when exactly. we get to them in a second. You, were, was, you got to a great start, but you were limping to the playoffs. Yes, it was a House of Cards 2020 year. Um, yeah. Or, you know, 11-0, 12-0 season. Um, and and you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, we, we just talked about the Packers and how they just keep replacing these guys. Teams don't do that. Like, that just no. doesn't happen. Every great coach has always had, like, one quarterback mm. who they dominate with. Like, Belichick and Brady. Um, Tom Lennon, Ben. Yeah. They, they got a Super Bowl together. Um, like, and, Bill and Walsh only- and Joe Montana. Like, yes. very, very rarely has we've seen, like, an elite coach been able to win with, like, multiple different quarterbacks. And, look, those are big – like, Kenny Pickett has big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. And like, I think you, you – Follow up, Ben. Same with what, you know, Mac Jones and – uh, New England, but and you brought you it know. up too. I'm glad you brought up New England because, like, look what Bill did the last three or four years in New England without Brady, mm-hmm. and then Tomlin loses Ben, and they're still competing. You know what I mean? Like, right. so Tomlin is a good coach. He's got his faults. He, I don't think he's hard enough on guys at times. Like, I, I, I do think when guys are are outwardly saying like we need a tougher ass dude in here, like he needs. Isn't to- that what James Harrison basically said about him? Yeah, Najee Harris has said it too. Like, you have to have a tougher dude in there. The only reason I would have been okay with Tomlin parting ways with the Steelers this offseason, it's because Mike Vrabel's out there. And I think Vrabel is the perfect fit for the Steelers. I think Vrabel's. I didn't realize Pittsburgh drafted him. He played his first four years, like, Mm -hmm. as a backup, which I had no, I thought he was just in New England. Yeah. Now, I don't, I don't know if Vrabel's is going to, like be a head coach somewhere. I, I, um, ESPN. I, I don't remember who's they had like a prediction thing of where some analyst, it might have been Jeremy Fowler. He was pre- predicting who all the new head coaches would be. And he predicted Brable to Seattle. Yeah. So if he doesn't, I, he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere. There's no doubt so in my too. mind. If he doesn't, if he's if, not going back to college, no, Sorry, Ohio State but I do think a good spot for Vrabes, speaking as like my dream. Is right. becoming our offensive coordinator, and you get Vrabel in to be the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. He's a defensive guy, though. Wasn't but, he a tight end? He was a tight end, wasn't he? Linebacker, but he linebacker. lined up at tight end. Yes, like So that's what I'm thinking. But he had like ten career catches and ten touchdowns, which is a pretty insane. Yeah, I don't know. Bring him in to do something for the Steelers, and with the idea of being a head coach, you have to be well versed. So yes, he, he could be. He could be your OC. But anyways. Yes. Anyway, you bring him in to do something, just with the idea of Tomlin's got one more year. We're gonna let Tomlin go one more year, and then you're the next guy. Like you're the heir apparent, and it's a great job to have because the Steelers do not fire head coaches. Right. Like if you tell him, hey, you got to sit this year, develop, get to know the team, or whatever. Next year, it's just like the Gerard Mayo. It's in your, it's in your contract. The gig is yours. Like, yeah. Next year, boom, you got it, and you're guaranteed to have like f- at least five to six to seven years as the Steeler head coach. They just don't fire guys. Right. Um, I I can see both sides of this. Now I read what Colin Dunlap and the funny the crap Andrew Philip Pony or whatever that guy's mm-hmm. name is. Yeah. You know who called. Pickett the Pickens, the next the Montana the Rice. Yeah, that's anyways. Crazy. But those guys are kind of like, and I can see their side. It's kind of like, when is enough? Like we've seen enough of Tom. Let's get a fresh face in there. But but I agree with everything you said. Like of he he's he gets the best out of his team, the most out of his teams. But 
maybe maybe he could be a little tougher on them. But I could see both sides of why people would want to keep him and why people would maybe want to move on from him. It, it it goes back to to make another analogy in my sports fandom, like when he was our head coach, I never apologized for Brian Kelly because you're winning 10, 11, 12 games a year. You know how hard that is doing college football? Yeah. You know how hard it is to not have a losing season in the NFL? Like, I've, yeah. I've, in my lifetime, have not had a year where I remember a losing season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just don't. Like, like Big Ben. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, like. Maybe, like, before like before they drafted Ben. No, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the season right before they got Ben, I think they were a little bit below 500. But, like, since then, it's been 20 yeah. years. Like, I don't, I don't overlook that because sports fandom is so hard. And right, like and, you no. can acknowledge that Tomlin needs to make some changes without having to get rid of Tomlin. Yes, yes, and it's just a grind. Like I don't think Tomlin, with Tomlin even having to talk about these rumors, I, I think that the end is near for him. Which is he is okay. hilarious. He's he, un- he's unintentionally hilarious with he some is. of the things he says and does. And does we do he, not care. And he just walks off stage. Somebody asks him a question, he just leaves. So yes, he's like, I'm not, even, I'm not putting up with this crap. We yeah. just lost the playoff game. I'm not thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm yeah. going to be next year. He's probably thinking about where, I'm, where am I going to get to eat now? <laughs> like, yes. well, yeah, where am I going to go on vacation here in a second? Yeah. But he, he uh, needs a cigarette to just <laughs> Exactly. Um, but Ryan, uh, let's take a break. The rare, yeah, I don't think it's ever been touched. Third segment, we're going to get uh, into yeah, it. I, we're going to talk about our last game and then talk about we've kind of already brought it up in passing, but some of these coaching changes and, and kind mm-hmm. of some of that stuff. So what do you say? And, let's, and, take, yeah. let's take one more break. Yeah, let's do it, Mark. All right, Ryan. Let's finish up talking about the NFL The last playoffs. game of the weekend. The last game of the weekend. This one, I'm not going to lie, I was not surprised on. I did put a nuclear massive one of the bigger bets I've ever put on a team on Tampa Bay because I, it just Tampa Bay being an underdog in this game made little to zero like no sense to me at all I I, I couldn't understand I think it was it. just because like I, I get what you're saying it's just because you know they were the nine and eight team and um you know but then the Eagles were you had kind of perceived that whoever was going to play Tampa Bay was just going to walk all over them but obviously that didn't happen because the Eagles were had limped to the finish line. You know, no AJ Brown, uh, Jalen. Like you know, they got their doors blown off them by the Giants last week, mm-hmm. um, which prevented them from getting from playing Green Bay um, yeah. at home. Which I don't think that game would have been any different, honestly, with how they're playing. But Tampa Bay went out and just dominated them. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. Like, he, what a story. This I'm really guy. happy for the guy. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to root for him. You know what I mean? Like, he's had, what, eight eight different coaches in six years? Something like yeah. that. It's something insane. Eight different head coaches in six years. A lot like the golf stuff where they cast him away in Cleveland yeah. and said, you're not good enough for us. Um, And... But, because 
let me let me get this off my chest because this is the Browns fans' perspective right here. Because I knew this was going to happen if they won. You're going to get the oh, what the Browns look really stupid for you know, tr- like trading away Baker Mayfield and mm-hmm. you know going after Watson. It's like let's put things into perspective. Like Baker has talent. Yes, we all know that. His biggest issue is consistency. Mm-hmm. He's too inconsistent, and the Browns didn't feel comfortable enough of giving. You know him a, a big contract because I kind of like what the Giants just gave Daniel Jones like but that's a yeah. whole different story but ba- they traded Baker to Carolina last year and Baker was not good last year I think statistically he was if not one of the the worst he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league Carolina cut him he goes to the Rams he has a couple nice moments where you know he can't, he had that comeback win in his first start with the Rams and then they blow out the Broncos but you know, he signed with uh, Tampa Bay basically on like a one year prove it deal. And, you know, they were nine and eight. Like, this, this is the Baker Mayfield that I know. Like, last week, to you know, to win, to make the playoffs, they beat Carolina at nine to nothing. And then the very next week, they just go out and they just dog walk the Eagles, which mm-hmm. that's that's Baker for you. Yes. You're going to get a, a game like that the week yeah. before. Then you're going to get a game like this where it's just a cycle of, you know, people doubt him. He plays really well. Then, you praise him and he kind of goes back to being the, the baker of old, which, which is partially why I have a bad feeling about how they're going to do against the lions, just because that's a perfect letdown for someone like Baker. I've seen, trust me, I've seen it before. Well, I think, I think more than anything, that game spoke to the inabilities of the Eagles more than yeah, I think this game showed us more about the Eagles than yes, it did Tampa Bay. A hundred percent, a hundred percent because the Eagles were not a good team going into the playoffs. No. Like, there were a handful of teams. Like, I convinced myself of the Steelers because the Steelers have been playing good ball the last three weeks. Um, the Browns, obviously, have been yeah. playing really good ball yeah. the last month to month and a half of, yeah. of the season. Um, like, you got some of these teams that's like, eh, there's a possibility. Like, there's a path there. The Eagles mm-hmm. never felt. Like, it, no. nev- it, 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 it felt like even if they won this game, it didn't matter. Because no. they're 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 getting bounced in the next round, and um, they just looked so clunky. Like they, I think Hertz is more injured than we thought. Between the finger in his, in his lower body, I think Sirianni losing both his offensive and defensive coordinators yeah. was really he, he, tough on them. Whoever the Colts head coaches, they miss him big time. Yes, and like the, their running game has like just look at what the Colts did. Mm-hmm. And, you know and how if, they ran the ball, and the Eagles, you know. Yeah, they they and if you look at um the uh Cardinals head coach yeah. who was the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Which he's, one was he's he? defensive coordinator. He was yeah, a defensive Jonathan coordinator. Gannon. Um like near the end of the year they played a lot better. Like a lot better. And once yeah. they got Kyler Murray back, they were super competitive. Yeah. Um shocking how you witnessed a, it firsthand. I did. Uh shocking having a competent quarterback makes you better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Oh yeah, um, and so, and even with not to discuss the Cardinals, but Josh Dobbs at least kept them in games. Yeah, yes. Um, and so like losing those two guys was tough for Sirianni. I think Sirianni's yes. kind of a dweeb. I think. Um, yeah, they're they're like, kind remember of his, like opening press conference when they ha- like it was just he was like a deer in the headlights. He was like stuttering and just 
you looked at it's like, how do they hire this guy? Yeah. And then he turned oh. to he got them to the Super Bowl last year and they were rolling because they, they were like because at one point the Jets were the only team that beat them. They were ten and one. Yes. It was after they beat did they beat Kansas City when they were ten and one and then Syriano was like that was you know, that, talking. That was their the last field. game. That was the last game they won. When like last big game they won. Well, that yeah. was like huge. Yes. They were ten and one and then yeah, it all kind of fell apart after that. Well, it really fell apart is when they lost to San Francisco. And Nick Bosa said after the game, like, you know, we just he basically said, We're the formula to how to slow them down. That you take away the run and you force Jalen Hurts to beat you. Mm-hmm. And well, what happened? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not saying that like that happened in every game, it's why they lost, but ever since he said that, they haven't looked like the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I, I think the Eagles were destined to lose at a certain point. They're just there was too much going on. Their defense was really bad. Oh, like some of their tackling just terrible. Like terrible. Like, they the fact that they promoted Matt Patricia to like defensive coordinator or like the, the defensive play caller like midway through the year, like that was telling. Like, what are you doing? Yes. That guy's um, terrible. No, yeah, he's I, I wonder how much of his success was the fact he had Bill right next to him. All of it. Um yes. We saw him we saw him in Detroit. Yes. Uh, and so, and he's a great offensive coordinator too, when you really think about it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you sounded really serious and I was like, was no, sarcasm. no, yeah. no, it was, ter- no, he was a terrible offensive coordinator. Oh, um, man. uh, and so, yeah. And, and Tampa Bay, they go to Detroit. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. My team's out. I'm the biggest Lions fan of all time. Like, my wife is a closeted Lions fan. Her family is from Detroit. Um, and I don't know if you knew that about her, but like I she, did not. She secretly, even when they sucked for years, rooted for the Lions each week. Um No, and, I, I want the Lions to win too. Yeah, and I want Detroit and I want either Buffalo or Houston. Houston's weird because I don't want to root for the team that beat my team, but they have yeah. CJ Stroud and I, I no, it's I can't root for Baltimore. You have that connection. You have that connection. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, and, and it's, it's weird because we, we were texting about it the other day. The AFC North is that division that no matter what, they will not root for the other teams. Like, oh, absolutely. They, they will not. Like, I think there are some divisions out there that are like, yeah, it looks better for us that a team in our division won the Super Bowl. In the AFC North, that's not a thing. We think the SEC. No, it's not. You said that line to me the other day, and I thought that was yep. very, it was very apropos. Um, but, uh, the Eagles, I think they've got a lot to figure out. They're obviously losing Kelsey in the off season. Like he's already yeah. said he's what a career, what a career, all pro, uh, hall of fame center. Like, you know, finding a really good center like that is so tough. Uh, and the fact that they had one for that many years and he just embraced Philadelphia was huge. Um, mm-hmm. shout out UC. Um, yeah. Former walk on too. Yeah. Um, no, that was Travis. I thought I thought Jason walked on too. I don't think originally. Jason walked on. I think Jason was scholarship, and that's how he got Travis to go to the school. Okay, I could, you're probably right. Maybe I have it backwards, but I think that that's how it went. Um, well, Travis, I, I do know Travis was on scholarship. He got kicked yep. out for failing a drug test. I think I think he had to walk back on to join or something. He did, but, and they made it, they made him join as a, a tight end at that point, not a not yeah, as a quarterback. He was a quarterback. Yeah, but and anyways, point being, but yes, either way. They're losing a lot. Like Lane Johnson may not come back next year. 
um, which would really hurt them. They didn't have AJ Brown uh, in the playoff. Yeah, I, game. I think they were missing him because yeah, he helped elevate uh, Jalen Hurts as a passer, just giving a a big physical target mm. like that. Uh, DeAndre Swift's contract is up too, so there's a lot of offensive weapons that are losing this off season or potentially losing this off season. Um, and yeah, so uh, go Lions! Like I yeah. A, a Lions Super Bowl would. They're an easy. They're an easy team to root for. Like, I w- yes, I would. I would put all my blood, sweat, and tears into rooting for the Lions if they made the Super absolutely, Bowl. Man, absolutely, I might buy a Lions shirt. I'd get a Jared Goff like one of those shirt jerseys. You know, I love those. <laughs> yeah, I would. Especially those I, baseball ones. Yeah, love those. I don't overly love them, but I would still get one just because I know I wouldn't wear a regular Jared Goff jersey. I'm not spending money on that. I but, get you. Um, <laughs> But like maybe I'll get one that's just Dan Campbell, like Dan Campbell's old jersey yeah. from the Lions. How do you not love Dan Campbell? Like I love Dan Campbell. Say what you want about maybe some of his decisions of being too aggressive, but those guys love him, and yes. they they would run through a brick he, wall for him. He loves football too. Have you ever heard yes. him talk about football? He like yes. almost tears up every time he brings it up. Um, like just seeing his opening press comments where we're gonna. When he knocks us down, when we when we get up, we're gonna bite the kneecap. Or yes. like, he's what the best. kind of analogy is that? He's the best. So or he's um, doing like up and downs when he had like a torn meniscus as their mm-hmm. coach or something. Yeah, like. And so I I uh, I don't know. I I think that they can beat Tampa Bay. Um, the Niners. I like we said earlier. I think the Niners just roll Green Bay. I just, I, I, don't I think the Lions are gonna roll. I just don't know if Baker's gonna be able. I've seen this too many times with a baker. You get a big win, and then when you're, then when the the lights are the brightest, he he turns into the old baker, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think the yeah, AFC I side. He has a. I would hope he does. I would love to see him have a great game, but I just don't know if we're going to see it. If you're going to get it, I I think yeah. the AFC side's going to be much more um, exciting than the NFC side this week oh, is going to be. Absolutely. Um, Bills uh, Chiefs is going to be awesome. It's kind of a. You don't know what you're going to get from either team because they're both looked really clunky offensively this year at times. But when they're like when Buffalo is roll like hitting on all cylinders, they are they might be the best team in the league. Yeah, like you saw it with how they started out against Pittsburgh. Just when you know when Josh Allen's hitting dudes or you know they're having a running game has really helped their offense out. It has. I think uh, Joe Brady has helped that offense a ton. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh. He's, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over. Which he didn't do against the Steelers. And they still kind of almost lost. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, Ryan, anything else from the wildcard round, the divisional? We kind of previewed the, the divisional round as we were going yeah. through it. Um, Baltimore and Houston, that's an interesting one to me because they actually played each other week one. And mm-hmm. obviously the Texans are a much different team than they were in week one. Yeah, I mean, and Stroud played like okay in that game. Like he wasn't bad, but he wasn't what he is now. So if he, if Stroud felt like he did last week against the Browns, Baltimore's in for a shootout. Yeah, I you know having one, they're they're not going to gift them points kind of like what the Browns did. But if you know, yeah, I think I think that would be a good game. I just I just have as much as I would like to see Houston win, I just have a hard time seeing a rookie like C.J. Stratt, like, he's he's a year away. You know, we, we typically don't see rookies make it this far in the playoffs. Ben is the only example of I can think of a guy going that far. Oh, and Brock Purdy. Yeah, but Ben did it 
not having to do a lot. Yeah. Ben did it yeah. just Ben did it just with defense and handing the ball off. Yes. Where yeah. Stroud, like we talked about, he elevates that team so much. Like mm-hmm. I saw the difference in how they, their offense looked with Case Keenan versus how they looked with them. It was night and day. Yeah. Yes. Uh so um Ryan. Let's talk about uh, some of the big coaching news to finish it up here. So uh, we would be remiss if we didn't start here. We've talked a lot of NFL. We're kind of going to go full circle back to college football. Um, Nick Saban, uh, shockingly, announces announces his retirement from uh, the University of Alabama. it's hard to argue that he's not, if not one of the greatest, the greatest uh, college coaches of all time. Absolutely. Um, six yeah. national championships, five with Alabama, one with um, LSU. Uh, during his tenure in Alabama, this year was the first time he had gone three years in a row without winning a national title. Um, Which is absolutely mind-boggling when you yes. think about it. Um, he, I think, has more number one overall picks that went into, or not number one, but his first round draft picks uh, that have gone to the draft from Alabama than he does losses at Alabama. Um, it's not really, he's been there for a while. But guys for- drafted in the first round more than losses he's had in college football. Oh, 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 all not just at his tenure at Alabama. No, like I think losses. of all, no losses in general. Oh, wow, wow! I was thinking just at Alabama. No, I think in general wow. he he had more first round picks from Alabama than he ever had losses in his college career. That is insane. Yeah. So, will um, we ever see a guy that dominant? It'll be tough. It'll be tough because he fit right into. Like if you look at if you look at Saban, and you look at some of these other guys, like Dabo's the best example, right? Is we'll get to him in a second. Saban, who's replacing him? Yeah. Yes, Saban was always able to roll with the punches in college football and actually do it better than anybody else did. Like he was able to. You see a lot of coaches they when they become elite or like get on Saban's level. They're too stubborn to address. They're like, I'm Nick Saban. Well, it's my way or the highway. So you're like, no. Saban was always adjusting. If he couldn't beat some, if somebody beat him, like Johnny Manziel gave him tons of issues. And that, after Johnny Manziel, and even like, well, Deshaun Watson, you saw him do it in back-to-back years, but that forced him to go out and get like a more mobile quarterback. Like Mm -hmm. his offense, when he first got there, was just more power football. Like quarterbacks, more of a game manager. He hands the ball off. We have this great offensive line, these great backs. We have great receivers, but our quarterback, he just he hits the open guy when we throw the ball. So yeah. Our defense is awesome. Did you hear the or, or did you because I didn't know about it until they had brought up obviously after um he had uh retired his uh SEC media day comment he made one year about that, about like these high powered offenses. And he essentially was like, Are you guys sure you really want to do this? Like, are you sure you want offenses to be this? Um, because 
if you want it that way, it can be that way. And then he went out and just got the best athletes in the nation yeah. and did it better than anybody else. Yes. Like look at their their twenty like eighteen in twenty nineteen, even though like the twenty nineteen was LSU, they kind of overshadowed that. But look at that receiver room. Mm-hmm. You had Jerry Judy, Henry Rhodes, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, like Yeah. And you had all the tight ends and then Jalen, like, like I said, he had more athletes than everyone. You had Jalen Hurts playing quarterback, and then the guy right after him was Tua Tungavaloa. Like it's yeah. like he he was able to adapt. To, he he was able to adapt to NIL and um, the portal just as good as anybody else could. And like that, was I think the, the portal was kind of his downfall in a way because mm-hmm. gone were the days of him just having five stars just on the bench in the waiting to win. He yeah. lost the guy. Another just throw another five star in there. Yeah, I think that was kind of. That was the one thing that probably hurt him the most. And, well, age, too. Like, he just... Yes. Well, being a college coach is probably one of the toughest jobs in sport. Yes. Like, the constant recruiting, the constant everything about it is... I just is find tough. it ironic that... So, they almost flipped uh, Idrick Houston, who's Ohio State committed, to Alabama. And the reason that he almost flipped was they were kept telling him, Larry Johnson's going to retire. Larry Johnson's going to retire. And what happens? Nick Saban retired first. Yeah. So... I, I think it's rather ironic, and it's like, Edric Houston's probably like, whew, thank God I kept my commitment. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, they, so, uh, no, to, to answer your question, no, it's going to be tough to ever find a guy like like Saban. Just with um, this, how, what college football is turning into, and Saban's decision could not have happened at a worse time for Alabama because their team is in shambles. Like, yeah, they're but, not the only school, but they're Alabama. Like, the amount of talent, like, They've had 25 guys hit the portal already. Yeah, but I think that that's um, – that kind of makes sense that, a little like, bit. The portal because... is closed for, like, everybody else, and now Alabama's, like, you're out kind of scrambling to find guys to yeah. fill your roster sort of thing. I think the thing with Bama, though, and, and what makes sense is, like, a lot of these guys are transferring because they're like, oh, well, Saban didn't recruit me, so how do I fit into this? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Saban's the guy that recruited yeah. me, and now – how do you say – Dober? Dober? How do you say yeah, it? Dober. Dober. Um, and now you get Dober in, and it's like, I don't know how Dober is going to do it at Alabama. Alabama is a different beast yeah. than, than Washington. That being said, especially that, when you have to be Nick Saban's successor, like, but that guy's a great coach. So I listened to Joel Clatt. I listened to Joel Clatt. Yeah, I, I did his coaching resume. I don't know all the schools he's been. I know, I think, if I remember correctly, Joel Clatt said he's 109. And twelve in his coaching career as a head coach. That's right. Yeah, well, 100... in twenty nineteen, in twenty sorry, in twenty nineteen, he was Indiana's offensive coordinator. And it's just mm-hmm. fun. Like in twenty nineteen, I probably told you that Nick Saban's successor was Indiana's offensive coordinator. Yeah. Which uh, no, me. no way. Yeah, which it makes sense how we got Michael Penix because what well, he coached him there. But yeah. anyways, um, I think everybody thought that. Dabo was going to be his replacement. And the reason they didn't get Dabo because, well, how you said Dabo has, he's refused to adjust to college football. Mm-hmm. He's does not take transfers. He hates NIL. He's yeah. just constantly, they he's no longer that shiny new toy. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. No, for sure. He's just not, he's not adjusting to the game as, as yeah. it's going. He's no longer that like because we all assumed oh he's gonna go back to Alabama and Alabama fans did not want him because mm-hmm. and Dabo would not have lasted two years there like 
No. But he was complaining about Clemson fans complaining about being ungrateful. At Alabama. <laughs> your, your, leash, your leash is much shorter. He, he'd be out of there in two years. Yeah. And we'll see how long Kalen DeBoer lasts. Like, you can't have – because we don't know how their team's going to look because they still have Jalen Milrow, and he likes to throw the ball. Milrow can't throw. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out and tries and, and gets – maybe not in the transfer portal, but finds somebody else to come in to – or maybe it's somebody they already have that they roll with. Um, or maybe, like, this year's a growing pain year. Like, it, Alabama's not used to that. I, I get it. Exactly. but like, which, which is why I say, like, some people are going to be yeah, you you know, may, banging the table for him. If you're Bama, you may have a year where you're 9-3, and 8-4, and four, and, like, yes, that'll suck. But also, you got to give this guy one full, one full trip around the sun to yeah. bring it, in. This is a perfect example of why it's kind of like, Careful what you wish for when you want to fire a coach. Like for Ohio State fans, don't want Ryan Day fired because if you fire him, more, more than if a third of your roster is going to be in the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. Like and, and with with Dobert, he brings in uh, his offensive coordinator too, who's who Alabama wanted last year as their offensive coordinator, and he decided to stay in Washington, and that's how they ended up getting Tommy Reese. It's Funny how that works out, and I, and I think he's following him to um. He is following Alabama, Alabama too. Yeah. yeah, he's going without. He's going with him to Alabama. So does uh, Notre Dame take Tommy Reese back? No, I bet you he goes to. Hmm. Interesting. Who needs an offensive coordinator? Yeah, Louisiana State University. He's not they? coming to Ohio State. I'll tell you that. Nope. Because we're also going to hire an OC. Um. Who are you gonna get? Um, Hartline? No, day, apparently day wants an NFL guy. Oh, okay. Man, they haven't. A lot of people are throwing up Joe Brady, but with how Buffalo is doing right now, and he's the interim OC. I don't think he's just gonna, you know, want to jump back to college. But mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think Buffalo's gonna, depending on what Buffalo does here, he's probably gonna be their uh, next full time OC, but. There are some other NFL names like they throw out Brian Johnson, who's the Eagles' offensive coordinator, um, Jason Candle, who's Toledo's head coach, who's thrown mm-hmm. out there. I've heard people. I haven't heard this name in a couple of weeks, but someone put out Dan Mullen. But I don't think Brian Day's trying to distance himself from Urban Meyer. Yeah, and the last thing he wants to do is hire a guy who was Urban Meyer's offensive coordinator for his two national title teams at Florida. Who's that? Dan Mullen. Oh, Mullen, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but we'll see what happens. But, anyways, anyways. So I don't know. I I don't know how how that goes, but we'll see. Um, the other shocking coaching change that we got the day after, the day after was Bill Belichick. Um, mm-hmm. so we get Which Bill Belichick. Crazy. Those two guys are yes. Now Belichick's still going to coach, and Belichick was more of a uh, we we expected it. It was it was uh, I. I think we kind of knew that the Belichick parting of ways yeah. was going to happen, so it wasn't. Brady had been on the wall. Yeah, so it wasn't. It wasn't super shocking that Belichick mm-hmm. wasn't around any, or is not going to be the Patriots head coach anymore. And they already knew they wanted Gerard Mayo anyway, so it was kind of yeah. like a, uh, like thanks for your service, see you later. Um, there were two shocking ones. We already mentioned Vrabel. Vrabel. Being out as Tennessee's head coach was really, really, really weird to me. Yeah. Um, because he's a really good coach. Uh, Absolutely. 
And that team was kind of like they needed a rebuild, but they, they had like too many like eight. They were kind of like that aging team. They needed a rebuild, but Vrabel's a good coach to where you could like bring in some younger guys and still compete. Yeah. The other shocking one was that happened before either of those was Pete Carroll. Yeah. Um, and it sounds it sounds a lot like the Pete Carroll one was again a mutual parting of ways, but he's still gonna be a part of the organization. But it, it sounds like he's he might just be getting too old to coach. And he's kind of yeah. just like you, you gotta realize like him, Saban, and Belichick are all in their seventies. Yes. And so uh having to take that step away and maybe still wanting to be like an advisor or um, yeah. somebody like that makes sense. So it doesn't sound like he's going to stay in coaching, but that was that, that one kind of came from the clouds out of nowhere where it was like, I think at first they were wording it as a firing, but then it, it, they changed yeah. the verbiage on it. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, and I don't know, like we've kind of, uh, like speculated on um Harbaugh has taken a couple interviews with Atlanta and uh with the Chargers. Um mm-hmm. it seems like the Chargers are going to be the place that he goes. Yeah. Um we heard Bill I, I know there's some smoke about the Raiders being potentially interested in him, but if you're the Raiders, you have to promote Antonio Pierce. Yes, I would think so you too. Can't make the same mistake twice of not keeping your interim coach who you know, helps you win some games. And with the fact that, you know, your best defensive player will probably request a trade if you don't keep Antonio yeah. Pierce full time is telling. Yes. So. Yes. Um I keep forgetting the Raiders need a head coach to them and uh the uh Panthers. Both of those yeah. just the Panthers uh, are a complete mess. Like, yeah. I don't know who wants to take that job because you have not your best defensive, any offensive players are like pending free agents. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bryce Young, the jury's still out on him. I mean, he was in an awful situation. Yeah. So it's and the the owners the real issue there. Yes. Uh, but there's there's some smoke about Bill Belichick took an interview with the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, is, that, is that the only place he's taken one? I think so. That's the only place I've heard of so far this year. Washington okay. still needs a head coach. After firing Ron Rivera, um, that oh, could yeah. possibly be be enemy if they want to stay in house. I just I don't, don't see it. Gonna I think yeah. they're going to go try to get somebody else. Um, and they're still like so. We heard about the McCarthy news as we sit here recording Wednesday night. Uh, nothing about Nick Sirianni, and that could be another chip that falls if they decide that they've got to move on from him because of the collapse. I don't see why they would, but it's always a possibility, you know. Um. And so yeah, this is this is the time of the year where like we have a lot going on. Um, there's still potential head coaches in the play, like guys that are going to be interviewed for head coaches in yeah. the playoffs right now. Like, um, that uh, Brian Johnson, Ben Johnson. Yeah, um, Ben Johnson, the uh, Lions guy. Yes, yes. So he's probably going to get interviews. Um, They're probably going to lose the both their coordinators because uh, Aaron Glenn, their defensive coordinator, he's. I think I saw ESPN projecting him as the next Titans coach. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of moving parts. You really don't see uh, these guys get interviewed until after uh, the playoffs yeah. are kind of over. But it is crazy that you still have a Vrabel out there just, like, lingering. It is, yeah. And it's like, how how have some of these teams not kind of jumped all over him? 
um, right? To you know, I th- I think if if the Chargers couldn't get Harbaugh, that Vrabes to the Chargers would be just a fantastic fit. Because um, the one thing that the Chargers miss is a lot of like just toughness and stability, and that's what yeah. he is. The Chargers they have talented players. It's just that mm-hmm. they have a lot of individuals. They do, they don't have like a team. Yes, you know. Yes, and so you need you need somebody to bring it all together. Yeah, you think Vrabel would be a good fit in Carolina? No, no, because he yeah. wants to do things his I, way, and I think that owner wants things done like. Tepper wants things done his way. Yeah. And like you, Frank Reich stood no chance. No, yeah. You need for a guy like to, to have a guy like Vrabes, you gotta have an owner that's just like again, I hate to keep saying it, but like the Steelers, they just let their yeah. head coaches do their thing. Well, Marcus Spears said this um about his time in Baltimore yesterday, because he played for the Cowboys beforehand. When he was in Baltimore, he probably saw the owner, uh Steve Piscotti, I think is what his name is, yeah. twice in two years. Yeah. So, like, you know, Baltimore's another example. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Frank Wright got screwed because he wanted C.J. Stroud, but the owner wanted Bryce Young. And one of the reasons that he got fired was of the success of C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Like, that was a factor. And it's like, well, you can't fire yourself, the owner, because, <laughs> like. Because it was kind of your choice to take Bryce Young, yeah. straight up to get Bryce Young. Yeah. When, like, Frank Wright, C.J. Stroud's the type of quarterback that he likes. Yeah. You know, a guy with size and a big arm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting to see all these. I think that some of those shocking departures uh leave a lot out there. Um, oh, yeah. and we still have so much more NFL playoff football to go. And yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um. Anyway, Ryan, thank you. Extra yeah, no long. Problem. This episode. is a long one. <laughs> Super long episode. Uh, but. Needed to get all that out there. Um, probably, uh, definitely. I shouldn't say probably. Definitely going to be our longest show that we've ever done. Maybe the longest show we ever do. Um, because there was just so much More that happened. The latter, yeah. yeah. Um, but thank you all for listening. Remember to download, rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. It really does go a long way for the show. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, y'all.